Welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com podcasts. Congress returns today from a week-long recess with Democrats faced with questions about how to follow up on special counsel Robert Mueller's statement last week that he could not clear the president of obstruction. In the meantime, many Democratic presidential candidates are turning impeachment into a campaign focal point. That was evident this weekend as 14 presidential hopefuls addressed a weekend convention of the California Democratic Party. Home state Senator Kamala Harris drew the loudest applause during her speech on Saturday when she lit into the president. He obstructed justice and then hired an attorney general to clean up the crime scene. We need to begin impeachment proceedings, and we need a new commander-in-chief. Joining me is Brad Moss, a partner at Mark Zaid. So, Brad, the Senate would have to vote to impeach Trump. The House has to start impeachment proceedings. And some Democrats are putting forth the argument that you have to do impeachment in order to show that no one is above the law. But... Would a failed impeachment proceeding do just the opposite? Well, that's certainly the the concern, the risk that is uh, implicated here. If the Democrats move forward on impeachment, if they impeach him in the House, which I'm certain they could probably get passed, but then they fail in the Senate, which is, at least at the moment, very likely. I don't really anticipate there's enough Republicans in the Senate who would defect that would enable them to convict in the Senate you give Donald Trump, who is probably one of the greatest messengers we've seen in the last 20, 30 years, an amazing political tool. He can make the entire 2020 election about Democratic overreach, about playing the victim card. It would juice up his base like crazy and would be a bit of political leverage that you have to wonder if it helps you in any way with critical voters, not only if you're not only in the Democratic base, but also independents. Will they view this as an overreach, as an overstep? that makes them wonder if it's truly Congress run amok, truly gone too far, and not about principle, but only about politics. Let's turn to Robert Mueller. He's clearly said he doesn't want to testify, that the special counsel's report is his testimony, and any testimony he would give wouldn't go beyond what the report says. But is there value in having him testify to the public? I, you know, I'm one of those who I originally thought he should testify, but having watched his uh, I hesitate to call it a press conference because there weren't any questions asked. Remarks. But having watched his speech, the remarks for those ten minutes, and having you know considered what he said, I kind of understand why there's no need for him to do a separate bit of congressional testimony. That report is extensive; it's over 400 pages. It outlines everything he could possibly say. The only possible relevance of any testimony he'd have beyond what's already on those pages that everybody can read is to address the discrepancies between his statements and those of the attorney general, which they can do in a private closed session. Beyond that, to do a hearing and relitigate the entirety of this report is a crazy political circus that Robert Mueller, the ultimate institutionalist, has no desire to engage in. He's watched Comey go through it. He's watched others go through it. It's not what he wants to do because he thinks it would discredit his own integrity and his own reputation. I want to turn to something that came out on Friday, and it has to do with federal judge Emmett Sullivan, who's overseeing former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn's case, ordered prosecutors to make public 
a transcript of the voice recording of President Trump's former lawyer, John Dowd, as well as portions of the Mueller report that relate to Flynn in full without Justice Department redactions. So what do you make of the Dowd call to Flynn's lawyer? There was already reference to this in the Mueller report. Yeah, I mean, we got some more context, some of the, the entirety of the transcript that was the only selectively quoted in the Mueller report. I don't know how much it really added to it beyond what was already clear from there. It, it, look, it, it doesn't paint uh, John Dowd in the greatest of lights. This is really not something, not a call he should be making like this. That's, you know, that was a mistake on his part. But for the people who are pointing to that as evidence of obstruction or trying to wit- engage witness tampering, you know, I kind of look at it as the, eh, maybe <laughs> if combined with other pieces, but on its own, no, this was the president's personal lawyer making call. If you listen to that voicemail, it's ham-handed, it's awkward, it's not enough on its own to reference to be, you know, to implicate an obstruction statute. You know, prosecutors didn't provide any unredacted portions of the report that the judge ordered, saying that there were none that were relevant to his order. But I wonder if he's going to come back at them because it seems as if they might have been evading part of his order. Yeah, this was a very risky gamble by the Justice Department, but it's kind of an interesting situation on its own because what Judge Sullivan had done with requiring that seemed to be beyond the scope of what truly would have been necessary, you know, requiring the public disclosure of those, uh, the transcripts of the calls between General Flynn and the Russian ambassador, everybody kind of, you know, their eyes kind of perked up going, I'm kind of surprised the judge went that far. And that wasn't really truly necessary, but he did it. And the Justice Department then said, we're not relying on any of it, so we're not going to produce it. So it's kind of sticking the judge between a rock and a hard place. Does he view it as relevant enough, especially for purposes of Brady, you know, exculpatory reasons, to require DOJ to, to go back and produce it anyways? You know, are we going to have a little constitutional clash here between the judiciary and DOJ? Or is he going to basically let that, you know, go off his shoulder and say, yeah, I don't really care in the end? I'm not really sure what DOJ was doing there, but I'm not really sure what Judge Sullivan was doing. So we're kind of waiting to see which one of these two, you know, contenders in their different corners <laughs> is going to blink first. Well, federal judges don't like to be defied in any way. Correct. But they also don't like to be overruled on appeal. <laughs> and that was kind of one of those things where, you know, we were all scratching our heads when Judge Sullivan first required this disclosure, because, again, it was it was a debatable point whether this was actually required under, you know, the prosecutorial disclosure rules and with, you know, various case law tied to Brady and having to produce exculpatory information for criminal defendants. So I don't know who would win that argument on appeal if the government views they've met their burden, they've met their requirements, and the judge tries to sanction them. I honestly don't know how the appeal, the appellate court would view it. I don't know if Judge Sullivan knows either. It certainly would be an interesting hearing, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> Thanks. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Brad, as always. That's Brad Moss. He is a partner at Mark Zaid. And also this week, as early as uh, the second week of June, actually, the contempt of Congress citations to punish Attorney General William Barr and former White House counsel Don McGahn will be coming up. But we will, of course, will keep that in Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg.